Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. This is Maria Liberati. So what does food mean to you? Tell us in a social media post of 50 words or less, or an audio soundbite of 60 seconds or less. Post either on social media and hashtag them the Maria Liberati Show. If your post or audio soundbite are selected, to be read or heard on an upcoming podcast segment, you will receive an autographed copy of one of my books from The Basic Art of Italian Cooking as a special thanks. So what does food mean to you? When it's cold outside, it's time to enjoy the inner warmth of your home, sitting by the fireplace or by the light of a beaming candle and rediscover the simple things you have right there reading that novel you've been waiting to finish. Write. If nothing creative comes to mind, keep a daily journal or a diary, or sit and enjoy a hot cup of tea, and listen to the Maria Liberati Show. Simple but all beautiful things to be savored in the warmth of your own home. Oh, and I guess it's the beautiful simplicity of living in a country house that has taught me the beauty of simplicity. A piece of cheesecake makes a perfect accompaniment to that hot cup of tea. And here's my recipe for a ricotta amaretto cheesecake. Four eggs, 10 ounces of crushed amaretti cookies, seven graham crackers crushed, eight ounces of cream cheese, one cup of ricotta cheese, one cup of whipping cream, three quarters cup of sugar, a half cup of unsalted butter, a teaspoon of vanilla. Let the cream cheese sit at room temperature for 20 minutes. Crush the amaretti and graham cracker cookies. Melt the butter in a pan and add in crushed cookies to the butter. Blend until you've gotten a smooth paste. Cover an eight inch cake pan with parchment paper. Butter the paper and arrange the crumb mixture on the bottom and sides of the pan and make a crust. Set that aside. In a bowl, blend cream cheese, ricotta, sugar, and vanilla until well blended. Separate the eggs, place the egg yolks in a bowl and cream them into the cream cheese mixture. Blend by hand with a spatula. In a separate bowl, whip egg whites till peaks form. Then blend that into the cheese mixture with a spatula. Gently blend that in. When the two egg mixtures are uniformly blended, place that into the crust and let that cook in a preheated oven at 375 degrees for one hour. Once the baking is finished, remove from the oven and let cool for approximately four hours. Serve this cheesecake with a glass of Prosecco. This recipe is from my Gourmand World Award-winning book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions, that you can find anywhere. You can find books online and also at my website, marialiberati.com. You can also find my other books, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking and The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Da Vinci Style 
as well as the books in the basic art of series, the basic art of pizza, the basic art of pasta, the basic art of coffee, the basic art of cocktails, the basic art of creating a Tuscan wedding. Again, you can find all of those books at my website, marialiberati.com, and anywhere that you find books online. They're sold all over the world. Hi, this is Maria Liberati with the Maria Liberati Show, and we are so lucky today. We have executive chef Jeff Seligman, who's also the director of KitchenClassroom.net, and uh, we're doing a, a, a really interesting podcast this week with him, but he's going to share with us a really special food memory about, what is that, Jeff? Last night's menu, was it? Well, last night, no, last night, you know, Maria asked me what my favorite meal was. Yes. Kind of my my pat answer is was is the last meal I cooked uh-huh. because it's always fluid. Um, I, you know, yesterday morning we got up, we took our weekly walk to the farmers market where we visit the fishmonger. Uh, it's changed since the pandemic, uh-huh. and based on what's there, is I'll kind of base dinner. And yesterday I got really excited because there was skate, and not only was there skate, the skate was filleted, and I haven't really butchered or fabricated any protein since culinary school <laughs> so i didn't want to hack it so i got so i was very happy to get the skate and we did the rest of our chores and eventually like everybody else during the pandemic came home <laughs> and we had a beautiful skate dinner with um i make free side dishes i'm sure you had some great side dishes <laughs> oh it's, i keep them very actually no i keep them i try to keep you know through the pandemic especially uh-huh. i mean i watch what we consume it it'll be a protein uh last night was um oh it was roasted zucchini uh-huh. And you know, and some harvest grains. And oh, that whenever I great. yeah, whenever I make a grain, I always use a stock. Yes, I, mean, I don't use the word always. It's some appropriate stock: fish, uh-huh. shrimp. Uh-huh. Um, there's something in the freezer. There's boxes of uh, chicken stock lined up in our pantry. Um, it, it's always, it always any which way is even as a home cook, push the meal a little more. Gives it flavor, right? It's just a simple way to give the grains flavor. I, I absolutely. I kind of look at every step of the way how I can punch in a little flavor. Yes. And stock is always the easiest. I generally I I will mince up some shallots first. I'll saute them. I'll throw the grain in and kind of toast it for a minute or two. Yes. Let it same thing. Let it build up some flavor. Uh-huh. Let it get toasted. Then I'll add the stock put the cover on and if it's quinoa it's 10 minutes if it was the harvest grain brown rice yesterday was 35 minutes and just back time it and ready to go there you go that's a really i that is a great tip it's a simple tip and i think it's it's something that's easy but people don't realize they can add flavor so simply by just doing something like that so um that's that's great jeff thanks for sharing that story and everybody look for or listen for this week's podcast with jeff seligman who's the executive uh, chef and director of kitchenclassroom.net Hi, and this is Maria Liberati on the Maria Liberati Show, and we have Jeff Seligman, executive chef and director of KitchenClassroom.net. Jeff, thanks so much for being here with me Oh, today. my pleasure, Maria. So tell us, I am really excited to learn about, it sounds like a really interesting um, website and concept company that you have, KitchenClassroom.net. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, I, I started in the culinary world late in life. 
life after I spent 35 years in the production world. Uh-huh. I started, I worked at the William Morris Agency and I went on to found a production company mm-hmm. that I sold in 03. I then took a little time off for myself and got to live a passion of mine. I went to culinary school. First time in my life, I graduated school with highest honors uh-huh. and got to look around. I worked at a restaurant for the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brutal. I respect the work that restaurant people do so greatly. But I found my place in life was in the off-premise catering world. Mm-hmm. I also found it through actually just landing a job, answering an ad and landing a job, uh-huh. teaching culinary classes at ShopRite, where I taught cl- I've taught classes for 14 years. Wow. Because I was a home cook first, and then I went to culinary school, uh-huh. I got to, I learned, first, of, first thing I learned culinary school, I was a good home cook. I learned how little I knew about cooking. Uh-huh. It was, I was amazed. Uh-huh. But then moving on and every day, I still learn something every day in the culinary world. Mm-hmm. But, and having said that, I just got this, have this gift to be able to break down a recipe and look at it from a professional standpoint uh-huh. and then speak to a home cook. Uh-huh. and get help them get comfortable in their own kitchen. And you know what? I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think that's so important because the one thing that I find with my colleagues, like other chefs, if they don't really understand the home cook, they can't really, like home cooks can't relate to professional chefs because, you know, they try and teach them things in the way that they might have learned in culinary school, you know, and so you have to kind of right meld the two worlds together. You know, you want the home cook to cook really well, but something really well, but yet you have to speak on kind of the level that they're understanding or, and it's so that I'm sure that's why you're so successful also, because you understand both worlds. Well, I, I had this gift that I was able to speak to the home cook. Yes. Um, and I can also look at a recipe. Mm-hmm. And I always tell when I'm teaching home classes, I urge everybody, please read a recipe three times mm-hmm. because you figure out that step four has to take place two hours before step one. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. You don't need to use five, 10 bowls. You could Everything could probably go into two bowls. Just yes. figure out what has to get added. Uh-huh. Um, and keep cleaning up after yourself. It's mm-hmm. just, otherwise you're going to turn around and you're going to want to pull your fingernails out. <laughs> yes, that is definitely for sure. So tell us, uh, you have such an interesting background. So tell us also though, kitchenclassroom.net. So that's a virtual. Um, that, that will, after, that actually, I had started the site a long time ago. Okay. Okay. 10 years ago, uh-huh. and I was teaching home cl- culinary classes in addition to my off-premise work and my uh-huh. trade show, my and my trade show work. Uh-huh. I, I get hired by a couple of leading corporations to go out and do food shows for uh-huh. different products, different yes. products, different trade show events. And uh-huh. I ended up, I just got so busy that I let the home cooking go by the wayside so completely coincidentally i had just redesigned my website Uh and i was decided to go back and i was going to dedicate a lot more time to going to teach home cooks how to how to use their kitchen how to enjoy it my my greatest gift is giving somebody a good great meal i love having friends coming over i love having family coming over yes and and that that is a great gift definitely and 
letting people relax in their kitchen. I found home cooks are so stressed about what to make, how to cook a protein. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy that I have this gift. And I, so I decided I was going to relaunch it. it was, it's all redesigned. And when, when this pandemic is clear to go, I will go back out. I will relaunch site, you know, in a good way to let people around the metropolitan area know that I'm available to go cook and yes. teach them to cook. Yes, yes. You know, to help them work in their kitchen. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, and I think that's really important. Um, so, well, tell me how. What's the what's the difference? So, what are the trends like now that you know there's the pandemic? What's the difference of, you know, like say the way we were cooking before this pandemic and is there anything happening? Like I've heard a lot more people are making breads and things like that. Cause I guess they have more time to be at home. Uh, and, you know, cooking uh, yeah. Well, we're all at home in ways. I yes. Mean, my, my partner is inside seeing patients virtually as uh -huh. opposed to, as opposed to going to an office and seeing patients. She has a chef preparing two meals a day for her at home. Wow. Uh, so, you know, it's, I look to optimize our kitchen. Our, I can sp I'll speak personally, and I talk to a lot of chef friends, and they say I cook fancier than them, but I'm going to cook a pork loin tonight. Uh -huh. instead, of, instead of potatoes, I'm going to make a parsnip puree, mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm going to make green beans, but I'm going to take a big bunch of green beans, and I'll blanch them off, and I'm just going to take a portion for tonight, and then at dinner time, I'll saute them. I'll toss them with something, garlic uh -huh. or shallots. And one of the things I've learned that I pass on is use your pantry. Uh huh. I don't want to be walking into the market eight times this week. I'd like to go in if I have to go in twice this week. Mm -hmm. And that's due to personal safety and the pandemic. Yes, ex um, exactly. I, I have such admiration for the undervalued people that have continue to keep our food chain alive through this yes. pandemic isn't that isn't that correct definitely i think they're underappreciated because people don't realize you know behind the scenes all this stuff that has to go on so we can keep our food chain going but i think that's really important what you mentioned about looking in your pantry and reusing or not reusing but making use of what you have in your pantry and it even kind of you know, get, gives you a kind of a, cre can give you a creative outlet because, you know, it gives you a way to be creative and think of, okay, here's what I have in my pantry. Let's not make it go to waste and let's try and, you know, use what I have and, and make the most out of, out of what I have already in the pantry. Cause I think so there's so much food waste going on now. And it, this is not a good time that people should be wasting you know, food. And there are so many creative ways to, uh, to use. hundred oh, percent. I, yes. I mean, I, I love it. I open the refrigerator. I go refrigerator surfing uh -huh. and we'll decide based <laughs> yes. on what we have. Yes. Um, last night's, last night's zucchini, the rest of it will get made into little zucchini Parmesan with some Parmesan cheese and sliced grape tomato in a few mm -hmm. nights. Exactly. Um, Oh, that sounds look great. At, yeah, look at anything you can repurpose. It, ex um, exactly. And sometimes that stuff is even tastier than like when you first had it because the flavors have actually seeped more into the food. And, you know, it's ta it's actually tastier sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And look at, you know, 
instead of having something the next night, look at how you can reuse it a few nights later. In in the pandemic, I mean, we're two people, so yes. if we have cold if we have coleslaw tonight, I'm not going to want it, but I may make coleslaw with chicken burgers tonight, and a couple nights later, I'm going to make it with some spare ribs. Yes, yes, that's um, great, and that's great, and I think too that that's a good way to keep you know your spirits up by by having great food or you know doing some creative things with your food also because hey most of us are stuck at home for the most part and what better way to just brighten up your day by making you know some kind of a special meal or something a little different or being creative in the kitchen 100% Maria I couldn't agree with you more yes Um, it brightens up the day. It some, feels something rewarding. It feels good if, you know, I know we're eating healthy. We're eating well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, am ma- I am making a bread a week. I've got Jim Leahy's No Need Bread Recipe that was published in the Times uh-huh. over, oh, a decade ago. Yes. Continues, continues to be my go-to recipe. Wow. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, and um Yeast became a big shortage. A friend of mine scored a lot of yeast, so I yes. never had a yeast, I never had a yeast shortage. <laughs> yes, and, I heard and, all about that shortage. Yeah, luckily I didn't have that, but I did hear that that was going on in different parts of the country. So, oh, tremendous. Yes, um, and I did share it with friends also. So, oh. um, but <laughs> you know, Bon Appetit magazine happened to have a very easy focaccio recipe. Yes. Um, I, you know, I started making, you know, I'll alternate them. I came up with, I came up with personally a ciabatta recipe. Uh-huh. I've got, I've got a recipe for homemade pita bread, which is so delicious. It's so silly to make your own pita bread. Yeah. And you know what? And you know what? It's delicious. And it keeps, a lot of it with cooking also, I look at it as I'm not being sedentary. I'm right. standing up in the kitchen and I'm burning calories. It, exactly. So it's, the food is healthier it's healthier for you because you're right. You're not sitting around watching who knows TV or YouTube or whatever you're moving, you're using your brain, using your body, you know, and plus you're getting healthy food out of it. So yep. A hundred percent, much better to be, you know, doing something like that. But, you know, I did want you to share with us. I love that Dory. You started telling me a story about this great rice pudding and uh, my dad, who's not with us any longer, hopefully he'll be listening. He loved rice pudding. So I want you to share that story. And if you can, that recipe for rice pudding. Well, at the the start of the at the start of the pandemic, one of my cousins reminded me that I had a recipe that I had written over oh probably a dozen years ago. Uh-huh. My mom had recently retired. Joan Hamburg, a New York tele radio food personality, had a show on. Yes. And she announced that she was having a rice contest. Uh-huh. Now, my by this time, my great uncle was in his 90s. He owned a candy store on Queens Boulevard in Queens, in Rigo Park, Queens. Mm-hmm. And he had and he swore he and we all agreed he made the most amazing rice pudding. Wow. I could I conspired with a cousin of mine. Uh-huh. And I I wrote up the recipe. I submitted it. Uh-huh. Weeks later, weeks later, my aunt, great aunt and uncle is sitting in their queen's kitchen uh-huh. and they hear the winners of the rice pudding contest. First runner up, Bernie Greenberg. They look at each other in shock. He, <laughs> he, won, he, he won this contest and he had no idea he was entered 
then. Oh my gosh. He, he proceed he proceeds to make two this problem. He proceeds to make true two trays of rice pudding. One uh -huh. he brings in one he brings into me. The uh -huh. other now he's now at this point he's in his late eighties. Uh -huh. He brings both trays into the city. One tray he brings up to the radio station to drop off at Joan Hamburg's, uh -huh. where he we picked up his grand prize, which I believe was a Carolina rice baseball hat and a five pound bag of Carolina rice. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he became famous in that way. Um, and I still I mean I made the recipe last week. Uh, right. Somebody could if somebody looks up the website and they contact me i'll be glad to share the recipe is there is there a an ingredient that you think really made it like made the recipe like more of something yeah. or is there actually a... yeah there's two there's two things it was a new york candy store oh. he used for his well for his flavoring he but he, for his flavoring it was fox's vanilla syrup if you've ever uh. heard new york city egg creams are famous for fox's chocolate syrup which oh. was a fountain which is a fountain syrup you can still buy it at many supermarkets wow Wow. And, mm -hmm. and Fox's makes a vanilla syrup that is also available. So I hunted it down and I to make it. And the other part of it is that I realized he made it just like risotto. He stood over wow. that pot for 45 minutes. Wow, some light. time. And you know, in Italian cooking, that is, we say that that is this one of our secret ingredients in Italian cooking is time. And that's yeah. definitely, yes, if he stood over it, made it like risotto then that is definitely wow but that vanilla syrup sounds amazing i've never it's, tried it but i will definitely it's on the shelf by where all the um, where foxes is and bosco and whatever other chocolate syrups they're selling these days. yeah yeah um otherwise it, actually it is online because i've had people friends from across the country uh -huh. search it out online uh -huh. um and, but and as I said, but the key really was, and I had no clue in the sense that he was making it just like risotto. Wow! And, you know, and he tempered it with the he tempered it with one with um, eggs at the end. Uh huh. And same thing. I didn't really know about tempering back. You know, then of right. course, I, once I went to culinary school, I learned how to temper things and everything else. So right, it's, yes. it's amazing. So yeah, those were his easy tricks to making the result, making, to the, making rice pudding. the rice pudding. Oh, that sounds, yep. that sounds amazing. So Jeff, I always ask everyone at the end of, end of my podcast interviews. Uh, well, let me ask you first, before we, before we get ready to end. So where can people find you? I know you said people can uh, email you if they want the recipe or go to your website. They can go to my website, kitchenclassroom.net and they can, just click through the link there to email me to contact that's you and email yeah, you yeah please that's that's great so um let's see so yes what i usually ask all my guests at the end of their interview is what does food mean to you do you have anything you can tell us of what you know what does food mean to you <laughs> well i as i said to me i really feel a meal is one of the greatest gifts you can offer whether it's to yourself someone special or a group of guests um, I love, you know, I love working with food. It just, it's a joy. And I love giving the gift, you know, and when I say gift, it could be a simple meal tonight. You know, it's mm -hmm. that simple and nice as it is. That is, and that is a wonderful gift. I think people take, take it for granted. They don't realize all the thought and, and time that goes into making even just a simple meal, a great meal. So that is, I, I think that's a great gift. And that's one of my favorite gifts too. So that's great. Well, Jeff Seligman, executive chef and 
director of kitchenclassroom.net and you can find him at kitchenclassroom.net and don't forget to contact him for that great rice pudding recipe. Jeff, thanks so much for being a guest on the Maria Liberati show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati Show, and thanks to my guest, Executive Chef Jeff Seligman, and my producer, Britton Roselle. And you can follow me on Twitter at Maria Liberati, that's with a capital M, on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati, on Instagram at Maria Liberati, and LinkedIn at M Liberati. And as always, my blog and website, marialiberati.com and my Roku channel The Basic Art of Italian Cooking by Maria Liberati and don't forget share your answers of what does food mean to you in a social media post of 50 words or less hashtag at the Maria Liberati show or an audio soundbite of 60 seconds or less share it and hashtag at the Maria Liberati show and if your soundbite or post are are shared on one of my upcoming podcast segments, you'll receive a copy of one of my books from the Basic Art of Italian Cooking book series as a thank you. And don't forget to share pictures of your creating my amaretto ricotta cheesecake that I shared in this segment today. Please share your pictures. Let me know how you like the recipe, if you changed it a little bit. If you use the same recipe, share your pictures. We'll be sharing that on my website also. Until next time, peace, love, and pasta.